Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Ladies and gentlemen, little technical difficulty this evening. We apologize, but we are here Tuesday, June 6th, ready to get going and uh, discuss a little, you know, sports nonsense and, you know, cheers a couple times. I've got cheers, my guy. How you doing? I've got beer. I was feeling frisky, so I've got a little yingling. A little yingling. Yeah. Oh, the original Coors Light. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, well, sorry we're late. We are doing our best to try and get things figured out. We're not very good technical uh, people when it comes to I get to by. I get by. IT. I mean, we can get by. It doesn't mean we necessarily know what we're doing, though. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we'll see how the uh, the night goes. Um, should be good. We got some uh, NBA finals to discuss. We got some huge golf news that we'll uh, start with just to kind of get that out of the way. Um, and then Pinky's got some football topics to discuss, and we'll look at that a little bit as well. 
Um, pretty light night. I know uh, the last month or so we've been going long, so we appreciate people hanging in there with us. Um, we're going to try to keep it a little little shorter this evening, uh, let people go enjoy their, their Tuesday without any sports on. Um, you know, hang out with us. We appreciate that. And then go spend that time with the, uh, the fam, earn some of them brownie points back. Uh, you know, that's what we're here for. We're, we're here to make people happy. Right, Pinky? That's what we do, buddy. That's what we do. Um, let me start out again. Um, you know, if anybody's watched the show for a while, we normally do uh, pop culture, movie reviews, things like that. Uh, went and took the kids to the Spider-Verse uh, this weekend. Um, if you are a fan of the first Spider-Verse movie, this one does not disappoint. Uh, it blew me away, man. Again, knocked it out of the park. Um, Sony does not make good, like, their live-action movies, for the most part, are not very good. Gosh. I'm not a big fan of... Uh, the Spider-Mans are okay. The Venoms are awful. Like, the Venoms are bad. Um, <clears throat> but the Spider-Verse movie... It's, I mean, the animated movie is amazing. The second one is is yeah. so good. It's so good. I so, actually had a buddy say it's his favorite Marvel movie to date. You know, and I can't even hate that. I can't. It is uh, the first one or the or the new one. The the new one, the the, the second one. one. That it's his favorite favorite Marvel movie to date. There's a couple things in the first one that I don't think uh, this one wasn't able to like recapture because it is kind of a um, coming of age story. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, he's 15. So even from the first one to the new one, he's still growing, right? Still becoming a, a young man. And um, so there's a couple things that, that aren't quite the same in this one, but still fantastic. Um, and you know, I can't go into a whole, I mean, it's, it's spider verse into the spider verse or something like that um literally there's a place where there's like all different types of spider-man and if you're a comic nerd like you're like literally there's like 300 different versions of spider-man or more like they're all everywhere and it's just like oh my god it's it's amazing it's amazing so the action's great comedy's fun the music's good um it, it's just it's good from top to bottom it's definitely uh, it. It might be better than Guardians. It, I don't know. I I have a I do have a thing in my heart for Guardians. So, but it's definitely on that level. It's on that level. Well, I will say my wife laughed at me when I watched the first one because she's like, "It's a cartoon. Like, how does this fit into everything?" I was like, "The story is still valid. It's a really good story, and the way they did it was." So I finally convinced her to watch it. She's like, I actually really like that. That was really good. We need to see the second one. I was like, I told you. So this weekend, we debated between seeing that or Guardians. And uh, we went and saw Guardians. So I am on top of that one for a change. Yeah, that, um, that didn't leave you disappointed, my man. Dude, so good. So good. Um, really liked it. It, it was a, a great ending to a great trilogy. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see how they continue some of those storylines with some of those actors and characters going forward in the new phase. Um, I don't want to say anything right now because it could kind of give away some of the endings and things of that nature. So 
I don't want to go into too much, but it will be interesting to see how they continue or which characters continue. Um, All I know is at the end, I cried, man. I cried. Yeah, my wife did too. Apparently, I'm not a crier, so. Man, if you if you don't cry at the end, um, you know, you, you just uh, you know, well, maybe maybe you will. You don't have a lot of gray hair yet. You're not in your 40s just yet, so maybe after that, it'll come in. I uh. You know. I've never been a crier. Um, I feel real big emotion, like my chest is gonna like explode, but it doesn't show outwardly. Man, it's all right, internal uh, combustion for me. <laughs> my wife and I were watching. Uh, we we're watching the new Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, show on Netflix, Fubar, and uh, there was a part in there that just got me. Um, it just like a tear. It just I just shed a tear, and the wife's like, "Are you okay with that?" I was like, "No, I don't know why, but I'm emotional." It hit me just right. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. I get that. So yeah, I'm. Uh, we saw Quantum Mania actually last weekend. Came okay. out on Disney, okay. so I was able to watch that, and then I've seen the new Guardians, so I'm all caught up on Marvel, um, and. Uh, some of the tie-ins and the similarities and things of that nature. Um, it's going to be fun to see where they go with everything. Yeah. Gear up for Loki, man. I think Loki's at the end of the month. Yeah, dude, I told you, I, I still think Loki might be my favorite thing. Marvel's done um, thus far, just because it was outside the box. Um, I thought the acting was phenomenal and the storytelling was, was just really, really good. Um, so I am in love with that Loki storyline, and, and I'm excited to see what season two does, um, especially with everything I mean, I'm, else I'm, going I'm on with the universe. Man. I'm old school. Like Winter Soldier still holds a like a deep part in my soul. And I get that. I didn't grow up reading comic books, so I grew up watching the cartoons and and kind of learning about some of the comics um, in between me playing all my sports. Um, so I always enjoyed it. I just didn't, didn't really get into it as far as the lore and stuff goes. Like I did a star Wars or a Lord of the Rings. Um, and not cause I didn't want to, I just, <clears throat> it was hard to find the time, honestly, um, playing sports 24 seven growing up. And then your downtime, you're, you're eating, you're sleeping, or you're catching up on some movie or show that you'd already missed. So, um, now that I'm older, I'm learning more. I've got guys like Pinky in my back pocket that can that can help me uh, gear up and, and understand things that I don't know. Um, so I've I've enjoyed the Marvel. I wish DC would get a lot better at their storytelling so that I could learn more about the DC universe. Um, oh man! So D- it'll be interesting to see what crazy, James Gunn does. DC's got some crazy good stories, man. If they could just figure I know, out how to, I know, just tell a story. The Flash has I've. I am all in, which sucks because the Flash is like they're going to do the Flash and then most of that's going to go away. Yeah, it was really dumb of the studio to do the things they've done because, I mean, James Gunn allowed the movie to happen, so maybe he'll take something from it. But from what I've heard, he could care less about it. Well, it allows him to establish same thing, different universes. Right. So So now you can bring in a different Batman or a different Superman 
because it's a different universe, right? So uh, a different timeline per se. It just so, kind of allows it to reset everything without anybody really caring for the most right. part. All I know um, is it's got my Batman in it. It's got Michael Keaton. I'm in. That's your Batman? That's the That's one, the huh? I, Michael Keaton's Batman was... Um, and, and I think there's so much about like being able to play Bruce Wayne just right. Oh yeah. To be able to like be able to move between the worlds. And I just felt like his, uh, his, um, his ability to play that billionaire um, philanthropist was really good. And then he was still a really good Batman too. Like uh, possibly Bale is like better as Batman but I, I don't feel like he was able to capture Bruce Wayne as much. But Bale's pretty good. Bale's number two in my book. So he's not. I actually like Ben Affleck's Batman. I thought he did a really good job, and we didn't get to quite see him as Bruce Wayne because it was all pretty much focused on and, Batman. And, and like ben his Affleck's one line when he looks at um, Injustice League, where the Flash looks at him and says, What's your power? And he just leans over, kind of smirks, and goes, I'm super rich. <laughs> like, that was a good line, man. And it was well-delivered, yeah. I thought. I liked it. And and Ben Affleck's Batman is a little bit older Batman um, yeah, in the way that they true. have it set up. He does a good – I like, I don't hate his Batman either. But for I me, like with, I like with his Batman, they did a lot of kind of what Christian Bale's Batman did. And you saw more of the research and the – the using of the wealth to gain knowledge and how he kept growing in his ability to think, I, I guess you could say. I thought they did a good job with that with, with Ben Affleck. Um, Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they made him look human, you know? Um, he was fighting with all those superheroes, but you could still tell there were times when he was getting his butt kicked and then he'd have to use some of his technology or something to overcome it. So um, I like all those things. Bob, I don't know if I've heard any reports on him except for everything seems to be good. He was uh, Tim Patrick was hanging out with Russell Wilson at his passing academy this last week down here at the Air Force Academy, so must be doing okay. He's in Probably. the same boat as Javante Williams. We'll know when training camp rolls around. Um, I don't think I think Tim's ahead because he 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 did his in training camp. Look, uh, so I agree he should be ahead, but if there's one thing I've learned with knee injuries, ACLs, um, MCLs, PCLs, all the L's within the knee. Um, any of the L's. <laughs> yeah, any of the L's within the knee. Um, some guys can come back in six months like an Adrian Peterson and just look explosive. Other guys might need a year and a half, almost two years before they're back to themselves. And a good example of that is Jamal Murray. 
I know it's a different sport, but he took a lot longer than a lot of people thought he needed to or should have. Um, and he just kept saying, you know, I don't feel right yet. I don't feel right yet. I know I've been cleared to do everything, but I'm not ready yet. And it's probably a good thing he didn't come back earlier than he said, because look at what he's doing now. But it did take yeah. him a year and a half, almost two years before he was ready to go. Well, the one thing is I mean, a lot of players that come back a little too early, the rest of their leg is compensating for some of that weakness that they or strength they haven't gotten back. And then that causes more injuries. And so. it's usually not, that's a great point, Pinky. It's usually not even the same leg that the knee had the injury on. It's usually the opposite leg for the overcompensation for st stability and things of that nature. So that's a great point. And that may be why Jamal Murray's doing so well and hasn't had any other injuries is because he pretty much waited until his body was good to go on both sides. Um, so, you know, Tim Patrick could come back, training camp, roll, no issues. Devontae Williams could surprise everybody, come back, training camp, and roll. Or they could both be like, I'm just not quite there, and I'm going to be, you know, middle of the season. I'm going to be end of the season. I'm going to be next year. Um, so it, it's – I just – I never know, regardless of what I hear reports on, I'm never concerned long-term for their future or their ability to get back to playing at a high level anymore with the way technology and surgeries go. But I don't listen to reports when it says he's going to be back – here or there or anywhere for that matter, because um, guys' bodies just heal so differently, and that recovery time is just so wide open that um, I'll, I'll believe it when they're on the field playing. And even then, sometimes some guys come back and are ready to play, and they feel they're ready to play, but you can tell their body's just not where it needs to be yet, and they need another year. Well, they also have, in some cases, they have hesitation, right? Uh, they don't want to put that. They don't want to cut. You know, as sharp as they might normally cut. For sure. They For don't sure. trust it yet, right? So take a little while. Hopefully they'll get back because the Broncos need them, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll 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 get into more of that as uh as we go forward here, uh, Bob. So you know, if you've got time, stick with us because we'll definitely be talking some football. Um and we we you know what sometimes we just have nights where we just bounce all over the place. And we don't really care. And we don't follow any structure or timeline or topic for that matter. Um, but we do at least want to get in some golf news and then discuss the NBA finals um, in depth. And then I know Pinky's got some football to talk about. So we'll spend a good probably last half hour or so um, talking straight football, if not a little more. So um, we'll get there. We'll get there. So if you have more questions, you know, throw them out there or, or or hold them, as the teacher would say, until the time is appropriate, please. Pinky, <laughs> um, any more nonsense? I know we could talk Marvel for a little while, but we wanted to try and keep well, the show I, on point. I will more. say, um, <laughs> the wife and I zoomed through that, that FUBAR, Arnold's new show on Netflix. That's enjoyable. Um, I do give it a thumbs up. So okay. if you okay. like Arnold, you like action, you like comedy, uh, he's really funny being the, the dad character, right? Kind of, you know, he's no longer just the just action, you know, sexy young guy, big muscles. He's now so weird to think father, about Arnold as a father, right? Father, grandfather um, in this show. Um, it's it's pretty good, man. I, I you just I, imagine I, him. I'm going to the store to get some milk. I'll be back. <laughs> That's really bad. That's really bad, but true. <laughs> So that's, that's all I got. Let's hear some golf, baby. 
So, and I just, Pinky, you, you know how I feel about the whole situation. So when I when I got the news this morning, woke up to some pretty incredible announcement. Um, I just couldn't help but laugh and smile. And, and you know, if there was really anybody I could talk to, I would have been giving a big told you so and serving up some crow for some people. But uh, the only people I know that aren't happy about it were over the Internet. So, you know, they were pretty quiet today. And that news is the PGA, the DP Tour, which is the European version of the PGA Tour, and Live Golf announced this morning that they are merging into one entity. Um, anybody that was booted from the PGA Tour or lost their membership card because of joining Live Golf will be able to reapply for PGA reinstatement uh, come the start of the 2024 season. So basically, I mean, there's a, there's a few highlights that I'll give you. Basically, the first thing I thought about was, damn, Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, um, you know, Scotty Scheffler, anybody that came out and, and just tried to eviscerate the guys that went to live and took the money, they've got to be super pissed right now at the PGA. Like, they've got to be just ready to quit because Tiger was reportedly offered upwards of $800 million. Rory was offered roughly $400 million. Um, there's a couple other guys that were in the $100 million, $75 million, somewhere in those ballparks. And they stayed loyal to PGA. They didn't take that life-changing money. And now they're never going to see it again. Right. While the guys like Kepka and Dustin Johnson – um, you know, the Sergio Garcias of the world who all bailed and went, uh, they're going to get their cake and eat it too, is really what it comes down to. Yeah, they got paid. They're going to be able to go back to the PGA Tour. It's all going to be one giant tour now, all working together. So they're going to keep their money. They're going to get a play where they want to, where they're seen and visible. So they'll get their sponsorships back. So they'll get even more money. Um, it's wild. Um, apparently guys like Rory McIlroy didn't even know until it was announced this morning. And he's on the, basically he's on the competition committee, uh, excuse me for the PGA tour. Um, so that's wild that they didn't even tell him, uh, the reports are there's like five people who knew anything about this, like the three presidents and then a couple other advisories to just kind of make sure things went okay happened in some dark alley in the, the backwoods of Russia um, because they didn't want anybody to know where it was going down. That's not true. I'm just making that part up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's what it feels like just to make sure nobody had any idea what was happening. They all met in Siberia or something. Um, so a lot of money lost by some guys, a lot of money earned by some guys. Everything's going back to normal, basically. Um, the big takeaway I got from all of this, and, and granted, there's still going to be a lot of stuff that comes out about this, um, because a full report hasn't really been made public yet. Um, a lot of it has, but not all of it. But the big takeaway I took away from everything, Pinky, was the fact that the PIF, the private investment fund, which is basically the bank of Saudi Arabia, um, they have sole right to investment within the new league. And they also have sole right to basically say, no, nobody else is allowed to invest. So they're going to be backing the entire thing with their billions of dollars. They can say whether or not anybody else gets to back with them. 
or not. Um, and they control the pot. Now, the PGA, the DP World Tour, live their own events. <clears throat> and I don't know exactly how this will work yet, but their own events will be governed by those individual bodies when they put on an event. Um, but as a whole, there's going to be a governing body, and the head of that governing body is going to be the head of the PIF, um, is my understanding. So Saudi Arabia pretty much got their cake and eat it too because they're going to back it with all the money that they're going to put in to live anyways. But now they get the platform of basically the PGA Tour, and they have final say on a lot of stuff because they're you know running it. And, and they save themselves a lot of money because now they don't have to overpay dudes tons of money to come come out there and, and uh you know come just to the live right you know not even that you could look at it as you know maybe they want guys to play more live events than they do pga events which is fine if they want to do that and pay them because here's the deal they uh they don't have to spend all that terrible money on tv contracts that weren't going anywhere i mean they were on the cw the CW, you were airing golf on the, how did you even agree to that? Um, so yeah, that's uh, big news. Um, it was really funny for anybody that knows golf. Um, you've got, it's. Uh, I feel like well, they would have fought this out. I feel like they would have fought this out for a little while longer. I mean, well, obviously you know, something happened with the with the lawsuits. Um, that that's my take on all of this. The PGA goes, oh shit, we're about to lose these lawsuits. Let's settle. And they brought this brilliant idea to live and said, hey, let's do this. And live was like, perfect. <laughs> that's that's exactly what we want. Um, we'll throw money in. We'll use you know the already provided tours and so on and so forth. And then that'll only make our tour better. So that's how I feel that went down. But where I was going to say is there's, there's a guy by the name of Brando Shombly. He's a former PGA pro. He was a big proponent against live golf and all the guys defecting. Um, he spoke out against live on a regular basis. He's a golf channel analysis analyst. Um, and uh, Brooks Kepka, the first thing he tweeted out this morning when he got the news, apparently was, can we get a welfare check on Shambly, please? Because <laughs> he just, he already knew the guy was probably getting ready to just destroy something, um, including himself. Um, if you get a chance, go on to like golf.com or I'm sure you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. But go find the tweets from all the players this morning. Um, absolutely hilarious. Phil Mickelson was rubbing it in people's faces without really having to rub it in people's faces, which was great. Um, I would love to know what Tiger's thinking. I mean, Jack Nicholas just came out over the weekend and said, as far as I'm concerned, the guys playing live golf don't even play the game anymore. That's the golden bear. That's arguably the greatest golfer in the history of the world saying, I basically don't even look at them as golfers anymore. Um, paraphrasing, but that's pretty much the point he had. And now today he's quoted as saying, um, this is what's best for the game. This is going to help move the game forward and grow it. So, like I said, a lot of crows going to be eaten. Um, a lot of people going backwards and um, trying to remove their foot from their mouth. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. 
Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and basically all the hypocrites that, that you heard over the last year and a half, two years. Um, talking about, oh, they're taking the Saudi money. Oh, this, oh, that. They can't. They're, 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 I can't even hear them anymore, Pinky. What this, this, what, what this tells me, because every major sport that's had a true rival, this is what happened. It's just most of the sports, it takes longer. You know, we had the ABA and the NBA. It took a while for the ABA. They got to, they, they had a good run in the 70s, and then they merged with the NBA. The AFL and the NFL, the AFL had a good couple years. I want to say they were six to eight years, and then they merged with the NFL, right? So I'm surprised that Liv was able to get all this done in two years. Like, that's just yeah. crazy. They basically got the yeah. blue to fold in two years. Like I said, I think the lawsuits were coming down such that the PGA was told, Hey, you guys are not going to come out on this on the right side. You might want to start thinking about settling. And they're like, done. We're on it. Let's go do that real quick. Real fast. Here we go. Uh, let's yeah. Some, let's get us some Saudi money too. Let's go. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, everybody wins other than the people that turn right. down the Saudi money to stay loyal from, to the PGA Tour. Everybody else wins because the PGA Tour is going to have bigger pots now. There's going to be more money spread around. Um, there's going to be a lot more events to play in the offseason if guys want to. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes down. But I, I truly br- believe Brooks Kepka winning the PGA Championship um, forced a lot of people to relook at things. And then I believe Personally, I believe right around that same time, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, is when somebody notified the PGA that you guys aren't going to win these, these lawsuits. It's going to go in the opposite direction. So I think between those two things, the PGA is like, we gotta, we got to save face immediately. We have to save this somehow so that our entity is still around because it could have very easily been on the verge of them going bankrupt and everybody going to live. Uh, because the PGA wouldn't have been able to support itself anymore. So, yeah, big news out of golf. Big news out of golf. Big E, you know, you should have just stuck with us just a little bit because, uh, you know, we do talk about everything. Um, I don't have your number personally, so I, I don't have any way of getting in contact with you to let you know that we're moving on from golf. Um, you know, if you want to shoot that to us next time, we can – get you a little message or something out so that you know exactly when to get back on. But as of right now, hopefully you come back to us. I don't know what to tell you, my guy. We talk about everything. I'm a sports junkie. Pinky's accepted it. He allows me some time here and there to discuss things that other people could maybe not care about at all. Um, But, you know, I'm still going to talk about it. That's all I got for Liv and PGA and golf. We do have a championship coming up in a week and a half. Um, so we'll probably talk some more golf next week just because it's going to be the open, um, coming up the British open. You know what I'm saying? The open. 
So we'll probably discuss that a little bit because I think it's a super cool tournament. The tradition that goes with it. Um, but other than that, we're good for now. Well, I think we uh, this is going to be really small. I don't think Cody's jumped on yet. I know Cody sometimes jumps in late because he's in California. He might still be working. Um, Stanley Cup Finals. Dude. Um, Dude. Uh, Dude. We had uh, we we had in game one, and I watched most of game one. We had two really good quarters of hockey in game one, and then the wheels fell off. And it's been Vegas. It's been all Vegas since the third period of game one. I think they finished with seven goals in game two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, they combined for the most uh, or second most penalty minutes in a Stanley Cup finals game. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of at a loss for words of what happened to Florida. Like they they had too much time off is almost what it looks like. And they lost their mojo. Can they get that back? Um, you know, they go back down to Florida here starting Thursday, I believe, is the next game. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's right. Uh, Thursday. So they'll be back down in Florida for Thursday's game. Um, and hopefully so, getting back home, they, I mean, can, they can find their mojo again and make this a series. Because right I, now, it is looking bad. I was, bad. For, uh, I was rooting for Florida. I think it'd be fun to see them watch their win their first Stanley Cup. They had the best record in the league last year. They did beat the like, like the juggernaut of all teams, like the team that had the most regular season wins of all time, most points, uh, most wins. I mean, so they're gonna they're they're gonna have to start. And and I don't know what happened. Their goalie played so good in the Carolina series. And he started out the game pretty good in game one. And then it's just been it's just been all downhill from there. Vegas is just uh I don't know, they got their confidence and they're just they're just rolling, man. I don't know. They very much are. Um Florida's gotta s I mean, they gotta snag both game three and four. I, I mean they really have to. Oh, they have they to. They absolutely to. have to because if they allow you know, if they allow Vegas to go back home with a, a three-one lead, they're going to. You know, if they don't get both those games and get home home ice back to even, um, so it's not good. It's not and, good at all. And as an Avs fan, most I mean, we, most of us don't like the the, the Golden Knights, right? Um, Vegas is kind of like my second town, so I don't really hate the Golden Golden Knights. Right. We know we know you love Vegas. I. I do think it's cool that Vegas as a city will get their first championship as a sports city. Right. Um, Cause Lord knows it's going to be a long time before the Raiders bring a, a, a title to that city. I do oh, think yeah. the aces, I guess the aces, if we count the WNBA, the aces won a title uh, last year, I think. So they I guess did. we've got that, but I'm talking on like a grand scale, like a, where you can literally do a parade, in the city, right? Um, I don't think they were doing a parade for the WNBA title. I, I, maybe, but I don't see it. It is. Some people it are going to look at it differently. Yeah, I mean, 
We'll but. see. We'll see. I, I think they they played well, but the M, the WNBA is still a you know some good basketball. The problem is, is when the league is still being subsidized by the NBA and it couldn't stand on its own two feet if it was no longer getting those funds. It makes it makes it tough to I don't know support. I don't. I don't, I don't really count it as a major sport in. It's not. Um, I mean, honestly, it's – and this is a bad comparison because soccer is a, a whole lot more popular than people are willing to give it credit, um, especially in the United States. But as far as Americans go, um, just just for my pulse, if you will, I would say people would rather watch M- MLS soccer than they would the WNBA. Like there's just not a lot of support out there for it right now, regardless of the quality of basketball being played. Um, people just don't tune in or they don't know where to tune in or, you know, list another hundred different factors. Um, but yeah, it, it does not get to the support. So, you know, saying the aces brought a championship to Vegas, most people will probably roll their eyes at that. Oh, Clayton, you're, you're totally right, bro. Like when I watch a, yeah. when I have watched a WNBA game, cause it's on and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just chilling. Um, I see a lot of good, like fundamental basketball um you know they they can play it's just it's it's just different the there's speed some great is- stars too um there, there's some great talent you know brianna stewart and any any inescu inescu i always say it wrong i apologize um up there in new york um you know people aren't a big fan of Brittany griner right now on the whole but um, her and Diana Taurasi um, hey, down there in Phoenix. Hey. She she won some folks back when she uh, when she came out and said, you know what? After being in Russia in prison for a while, I have a little more gratitude for the national anthem. I get it. I think there's still a, a very divisive topic around her, um, which you know whether she likes it or not, she brought on herself for multiple reasons. Um, You've got uh, the Aces with all of their talent, with Plum, and uh, I'm going to totally draw a blank on their former MVP. And there's a ton of talent on the Aces. I'm drawing blanks right now. I apologize. Um, and then you got people like Caitlin Clark, who's going to be coming out next year um, and and playing. Um, so yes, I agree. There's a lot of talent. There's there's a lot of fun talent to watch. Um, but it just doesn't doesn't move the needle right now, not even a little bit. Right. So if the Golden Knights win, they'll uh, that would be like that first major sport championship. Dude, could you imagine a parade down the strip, bro? Dude, what what's crazy about that is it's literally like you wake up, you're like, what do you want to do today? You want to walk out and like check out the Vegas Knights parade? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, it's going to be all of Vegas coming to support it, plus anybody who just happens to be there on vacation. And because it's Vegas and you do it on the Strip, people are just smashed, dude. Holding their three-foot margaritas in their hands and a beer in the other one and just walking down the Strip, just partying with everybody else. It would be insane. That's something we should think about doing if Vegas ever wins. Uh, Try to plan a vacation around that parade. Because that would be fun. <laughs> Dude, they're going to win. They're going to win in like a couple of days, man. 
I don't know. I, I still think Florida can come back. Uh, I don't know, man. Well, again, they Vegas has asserted dominance, so it's hard to see that changing. But all it takes is, you know, a game and getting that confidence back. I get it. And, and you know, there's that old adage that a series doesn't truly start until somebody wins on the away court or the away ice or, you know, whatever you want to call it. If you're just holding home court advantage or home ice advantage, home field advantage, that's what you're supposed to do, right, in a series. So once somebody wins on the other team's territory, that's when the series really starts, people say. So we'll see what Florida can do going back home down 2-0 and and, um, see if they can keep it interesting. But, boy, Vegas has looked really good these first two games, just really good. They've just been dominating all aspects of the game. I mean, there's not really any one particular thing that you could be like, well, if Florida does this differently, it'll change. And like, I, it's just been pure domination by Vegas. Right. Uh, do we want to talk about the NBA finals? Do we want to? Like, like you're asking if you want to? I'm, I'm so down after that fourth quarter, man. Ah, man. Don't worry about it, Pinky. We're fine. Nugs are good. Nugs are good. Um, look, it, well, it's a bummer. They won game one because that happened after our show last week. That's right. They won game one, and they won. You know, they, they let the heat come back for a little bit, but they were up 21 to start the fourth quarter. They were. So they won game one pretty convincingly. They looked like they were going to win game two pretty convincingly. And then some things happened. And I'll run down them. We'll we'll discuss them a little bit here. But um... with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm not worried. Thank you. I'm not worried even a little bit. And I'll tell you why as we run things down. But uh, I was I was disappointed. I was frustrated, mad, sad, all of those things after the game happened. Um, but that, that didn't last uh, very long. And uh, overall, I'm still very optimistic. Very optimistic. I'm, I'm, still, I'm anxious. I can understand that. I can understand that. I'm still 100% for the Nuggets are going to win, and I still like them to win in five. I still like the gentleman's sweep. Crazy enough. Um, so here's what I saw. And and I ate my crow about Malone. I'm not going to go back on that. I'm not all of a sudden going to be like, one game? Uh, that was awful. Coaching, terrible. Fire him. I'm back off the bandwagon. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, I ate my crow about Malone. I said if they got him, if he could get them to a, a championship, I would, I would be all in. I am. 
That doesn't change, though, that there are some things that he's done over the years that I'm not a big fan of. Um, and I wish he would change a little bit. One of them, the, the, the most blatant one to me, is after a game, uh, especially when the Nuggets just don't look good, I have yet to hear him in a presser say, this is on me. I didn't have my guys ready. I could have made different adjustments. Um, I, 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 I do not hear on losses with him. I hear a lot of we, we, we when they win, but I don't hear a lot of I, I, I when they lose. And that to me is frustrating. When you're the leader, you should take responsibility. Not say my guys didn't come out and play, my guys lack of effort, the team didn't do this, the team didn't. That's not really what I want to hear from a coach. Um, now, it's worked for him. It's worked for this team. And I think a lot of that has to do with Jokic being the type of superstar he is. Very humble, is always going to take responsibility. So Malone can kind of get away with continuously berating almost his players. Um, but at the same time, I think I think the team knew it. I think, I think they knew at the end of that game they didn't play up to their standard. Um, defense, defense was bad the whole game. And I've heard people try to say, well, it was good in the second quarter and the beginning of the third. No. No, Miami just missed some shots for a little bit. Um, the defense was bad the whole game. It was lazy. There was not effort on the defensive end, which is a big problem. Um, now, I saw some schematical things on defense that I didn't like. I don't like us chasing over the top of a screen continuously on their shooters because it's giving them wide open layups when we do that because we're not trying to pop out. We're not trying to adjust. We're not trying to switch. It was stay on your man, chase over the top of the screen, follow the ball. Um, and Miami just, they got way too many easy layups and looks inside the paint. I would like to see us start going under the screen with the big guy popping out to try and prevent an easy look right away. And then let the guy guarding that that's the guy being screened, let him come around and, and catch back up off the backside um, from underneath. Force them to make 48% from the three-point line again. That's not going to happen. They're not going to shoot 50% basically from the three-point line every game. Now, if they do, you've already proven to yourself that you can be up 15 when they do that, or you can be right in the game when they do that. So that's not a problem. But take away the really easy looks. That's what I would do. If I'm looking at this game tape and I'm seeing us chase over the top and them getting that many open layups, we're not doing that anymore. We're going underneath. We're going underneath. We're not chasing. And we'll try to fight through the screen on the bottom side and let who's ever having the screener being done, let him pop up, hand in the face, and then move back down with this guy. Force them to pass it to an open guy if that's the case, or force them to shoot those threes. Well, no more easy looks inside. And, and and most of their shooters, when they're like when they're wide open, like yeah, they're gonna hit some threes. But when you've got them in the lane or you've got them kind of around that 15 foot range, they're not automatic. They do not. They're not great at that. So I don't know why they're. Yeah, that that was mind boggling. Now again, even with that great shooting, we were still up eight to start the fourth. That's what I'm saying. So force them to shoot from the outside. Allow that to be, and they're still going to get a couple open looks. But when you're when you're chasing on a screen, 
and the guys are coming down the lane with a head of steam for an open look, that causes that rotation from the backside to come over to try and stop ball. Then you've got wide open looks on the backside. Then they can swing it around back over here to the front side. That ball movement gets too much to chase. And if you start chasing on defense, you're going to put yourself in a lot of bad situations. So let's not chase anymore. Um, I don't think this is the right team to do that with. And we don't really have – we're not playing DeAndre Jordan. You know what I mean? So we don't really have anybody in the middle that's going to be a presence that would force them to not just drive right down the lane and, and attack the basket. We don't have that presence. So there's no reason to put yourself in those positions that that would cause. Right. Um, now, I say that because – I've been critical of Malone and his adjustments in game the whole season, really the past three or four seasons. Um, so this is nothing new. I'm not. I'm not just saying this after one loss. Pinky can attest to all of this. Um, these are things I'm not a fan of. Now, another thing I'm not a fan of with Malone is usually the way he uses his bench and the minutes for guys. I actually loved seeing Brown, Christian Brown get the minutes he got in game two. I thought he played really well. I thought he was a little hesitant on the offensive side, um, but the team as a whole was, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I thought what he did on the defensive side, I thought the energy he brought in was really great. Um, we went on a good I, run when he was in there. They did. They did. And I actually like seeing him get more minutes over Jeff Green, especially in this series, um, because he might be a little bit smaller than Green, but Miami doesn't have anybody big other than Adebayo. Maybe Kevin Love, but he's not really known to play with his back against the basket anymore. So Adebayo is really the only one you have to worry about. Cody Zeller is not going to scare you. You can put anybody on those guys and be fine. So I like Brown getting a lot of minutes. I would like to see him get a little bit more and Jeff Green a little bit less, if, if none at all, to be honest with you. That's one of the things that I thought, actually, uh, since you mentioned Jeff Green. So he was in there during that run at the end of the third quarter that we did, we'd kind of changed the game, turn it around, got up by eight, but then he was in, in the, in the beginning of the fourth quarter where things start to turn. And then we kept him in there even after the timeout. And I was like, why? Why well, honestly, not back in there? Honestly, Pinky, it's because he was given effort on the defensive end. Um, and that is one thing he's, he's a veteran. Um, he's been in these moments before. He's got a championship under his belt, so he understands what this means. He's a good defender. He's not a great defender, but he's a good defender, and a lot of that is just simply effort. Um, really, basketball, there, there's, there's some fundamentals on the defensive end that you need to know. You don't want to cross your feet up. You want to slide. You want to stay low. Um, hand positioning is a big deal. But other than that, you know, three or four little things, defense in the NBA, basketball in general, is really just effort. Are you willing to put the effort into the defensive end to try and stay in front of your guy? That's really what it comes down to. Um, and Jeff Green was was giving you some effort on the defensive side where some other guys weren't. Um, MPJ had a, a bad night. Uh, offense wasn't going down. And his defense, yeah, but his defense showed up in the first game. He was blocking shots. He was rebounding. He was getting in front of guys. Game two, he didn't. He looked out of it. And I, I don't really want to say 
necessarily it was effort. It was with everybody. But he just looked kind of lost for some reason. I mean, he wasn't the only one. There was a couple guys um, that looked kind of lost. Kentavious Caldwell Pope, KCP didn't look great for some reason. Um, Aaron Gordon looked kind of lost. Um, well, he didn't even play half the fourth. Yeah, I don't know. And to me, it, it was the the scheme that the Nuggets were using, and a lot of that running over the top of those those ball screens and stuff, and not switching. Um, so you know, going back to that, I, I would say you either switch everything, which might be the best option. Um, it's going to leave Jokic on some islands, but that's okay. Um, or you go under the screens and you have the big man pop out and, and contest the shot, but you don't follow the screen. You, you don't follow the ball anymore. You don't try to go over the top. Um, you just don't. And and honestly, switching on everything could possibly be their best option because again, Miami's small. They don't have a lot of big guys. They don't have a lot of height. Um, Adebayo is not some kind of AB where he's going to back you down and just own you in the paint. It's just not his game. So the Nuggets could switch everything, and that would be a better option than running over the top. So that needs to change, and I think that would help a lot of that that weak side help that we saw that was kind of lazy coming over, um, easy kicks to the weak side, things of that nature. That, that would help all of that. Um, as far as the offense goes, we've seen this from the Nuggets all season. If there is guys in the offense who aren't involved continuously, if that ball is not whipping around the entire court, guys seem to lose def- defensive focus. Um, and I don't think it's intentional. I don't think any of these players are looking at, like, me, me, me. I think it's just an energy level that, that when everybody's involved, you just see everything step up a little bit more. And it makes a big difference. So offensively, and he just was like, "It'll be fine." They've got to figure out something to where when Jokic has these big nights, everybody else is still involved. Some um, there, there was a lot of one cut action, and then the ball was just dying. A lot of dribbling. a lot of watching. Yes. A lot of watching. A lot of watching, and that's not normal Nuggets basketball. That's not their offensive scheme. That's not what they usually do. It's a one-off game. Um, they did this in the the Timberwolves series. That's why they didn't sweep the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves got one. The not both of the Suns Suns losses, but one of the Suns losses was the same way. I think it was Game Four, um, the second of the two games at home for Phoenix, where the offense still is good. It's still efficient. Game Two's offensive efficiency for the Nuggets was actually better than Game One. But, unfortunately, that type of offensive efficiency for them, for some reason, causes them to play bad defense. Well, There's not really in, a correlation. It just happens. In Miami, and, and again, some of those things in the fourth quarter, KCP fouling a guy when the shot clock was out, and he threw up a three. That was a bad foul. I mean, that's three free points, right? Um, there was a couple of them that was uh, very questionable calls by the refs on balls going out of bounds that, Probably were Nuggets ball and went to the heat. It was just a bad, you know, first seven minutes of that fourth quarter, like period. 
Yeah, it was. And and it's funny because while the offensive efficiency was still there, like you said, a lot of standing and watching. And and when you have that type of I'm gonna say laziness because there's not really a better way to say it. And it's not lazy in a bad way. It's lazy almost like we're spacing out. We're gonna let Jokic have the middle. If guys crash on him, he'll kick out and we'll go that route. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But it doesn't keep everybody moving and when everybody's moving, it makes everybody harder to guard and it tires out the other team. There should always when when Joker's got that ball near the middle, there should always be movement. Period. Because he will find a guy. There should be period. Honestly, even when you see the two man game going, um, and, and for the casual fan, you may not notice this, but even when that two man game's going at the top of the key, um, just across half court, anywhere in that area, free throw line up. If you pay attention, you should still see backside cutters. You should see guys taking picks on the baseline. You should see guys rotating to the weak side from the strong side. You should see all of that action still happening while that two-man pick-and-roll game is happening because that's going to open up other lanes in other situations. And it just it got sluggish. You know, that there's no other way to say it. Guys got a little lazy. They they watched a little more. They didn't cut as often. So, yeah, perfect, Clayton. I agree. Sluggish, absolutely. Um, but, again, not worried. We had a game like this against the Timberwolves. We had a game like this against Phoenix. We came back strong right after it. Um, I, I Look, people are keep saying that Miami is a great team. And – they may not have a superstar beyond Jimmy Butler. Well, they don't have a superstar beyond Jimmy Butler. And people want to talk about how great of a team Miami is, and you can't let them get rolling, this and that. Everybody plays their role. The Nuggets are the exact same. I just believe the Nuggets are a little bit more talented than Miami, and they're a great team. So I still believe Nuggets win this in five. I, I truly still believe it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. Denver will go down there, take care of business, win the next two, come home and win the fifth game at home. That's truly what I believe because the Nuggets have not – they've not had these inconsistent games back-to-back like a, like a, a Boston Celtics do. You know, I said Boston was the most inconsistent team in the league. Jason Tatum's the most inconsistent superstar in the league um, because they had these huge highs and these huge lows constantly. That was they, – they rode those waves all the time. There was no, like, arc, drop, arc, drop, arc like the Nuggets have been doing. So I'm not concerned, even a little bit, Pinky. 
Well, I still think they can win just because, again, what I saw is Miami was shooting lights out, and we still had a lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then we played really bad for seven minutes, and then we saw a shot to take it to overtime. So a lot can happen. I, I no. do think the Nuggets are still there. I just anxious though. I guess got that anxious. I get it. Energy. Here's what I would do, and I would mix this up a little bit. I would switch anything Jimmy Butler. Everybody else, I would run underneath on the screens and let the big guy pop. And this is why. If you allow Aaron Gordon, who I believe is our best defender. And he's, he's a lot bigger than the guys he's guarding on the Heat, other than Adebayo when he gets stuck on him. Aaron Gordon on the defensive end can wear down multiple guys. So if you start him on Jimmy Butler, and then you switch everything Jimmy Butler, Gordon will constantly be matching up against almost everybody on that Heat team. And he's bigger than all of them, other than Adebayo, like I just said. So he can wear down Struess, Martin. Uh, it sounds like Tyler Hero might come back. He's not going to have the stamina to play. He's not playing. He's not playing game three. He's already ruled out. When did you see that? It was already uh, reported by ESPN. I hadn't seen that yet. Really? Yeah, man. I got it as a notification. He's already out for game game three. Really? Because this morning I was hearing he's likely to play game three. Go to, I'll go to the thing. I'll, I'll go to the nice. I'll go to the Google machine. Find it. Find it for me. Um, but anyways, Strauss, Martin, all the guys, Vincent. Let Gordon just wear them all down, especially in the first half. Heat. Tyler Hero out for game three. Okay. All right. I, I did miss that one somehow. Um, so that's even better. Nuggets could go steal game three. And Miami go up two one. Um, that would be huge. So I would switch everything, Gordon. I would play uh, Christian Brown more minutes in game three. I would make sure that the off-ball action in that two-man game is super strong. And I would also say if they're going to go into that zone again, I, I would tell my guys, as soon as you see a zone, the first and only thing we do is get the ball to Jokic at the elbow. I don't care how you get it to him, but that ball has to get to Jokic at the elbow. Because instead of running your two-man screen game at the top to get the offense started, you should be dropping it into him on the zone, forcing them to either single coverage or bring a second guy over, and then let the ball whip around from there. So those are the three big things that I would be doing going into game three. Well, I mean, it's uh... – I mean, it, you got to get you got to get at least one in Miami. So that's the whole key. You got to get one in Miami. No, at least one in Miami. I would prefer both. Exactly. All right. They better get both. They better get both. That's that's how I feel. Um, and I'm not trying to take away anything from Miami. I think they're a great team. And I think this narrative of, um, you know, and Greg laughed at me last week, and I just let it go. I wasn't going to get into a back and forth with it and try to explain myself any further because I don't think he really wanted to listen to it. But Miami's not your regular eight seed. No. They're not some team that came out of nowhere um, and is having some kind of 
storybook run, in my opinion. They were the one seed in the East last year with basically the exact same team. Um, they just had a down year, some injuries. They weren't on the same page for parts of it. But to act like this is your regular eight seed and the way the media is pumping them up like an eight seed when they're not, um, I don't think the Nugs are giving enough credit for what they're doing. Um, and and I think I think Miami's getting a little bit too much credit for what they've done, to be honest with you. Yeah, beating Milwaukee was a big deal. Um, you know, Pinky and I both had them in the finals uh, coming out of the East. But they beat the Knicks, and I said the Knicks were pretenders all year. So that win doesn't impress me at all. Um, playing the Celtics, I thought I, I, you know, I've said it all year. The Celtics are the most inconsistent team in the NBA. You play them correctly, and they're going to fold. So while the the Celtics are a good team and there's a lot of talent, Miami's a great team with talent. And that's going to win out. <clears throat> so I think this matchup's a lot more even than people want to give credit to. Um, I think people saying the Nuggets had a cakewalk through the West is ridiculous because I will guarantee you that if LeBron James had been in the finals, the Lakers, they would have been favored to win it all. So for people to just poo-poo that, um, people have the Suns favored in that series. So the fact that people are like, well, the Nuggets had a cakewalk to the finals and Miami had to go climb these mountains constantly. Like, that's a terrible narrative. Let's look at it for what it is. Um, and these teams, Miami's a lot closer to a one seed than they are an eight seed, even though there's an eight next to their name right now. I mean, they were a one seed last year. So, you know, just different season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. All right, as we transition out of basketball, we'll have some more to talk about. The Nuggets do play Friday or Wednesday and Friday and Monday. So we'll know a lot more about this series by the time uh, Tuesday's show ro ro rolls around. Um, by your prediction, we'll be preparing for a parade. So, uh, yeah. so we shall see. Um, I saw this on Twitter. Uh, a little bit ago, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, I thought it was just a really fun topic. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but I thought it'd be fun to bring up. Who is the greatest drafted Denver slash Colorado athlete? Ooh. Drafted by a Colorado sports team. And there were there's two names. There's three names I have, and the third one is tentative at the moment. Dang. Okay. Um, TD's got to be up the top. Um, I mean, I know I'm kind of on island with it, but Carmelo should be up there. Shannon Sharp is at the top. I would put Nolan Arenado up there because he's arguably the best third baseman of all time. There's definitely a case for that, and he's, he's a Rockies draft pick, even though he's no longer with the team. So I've got 
so Terrell Davis and Shannon Sharp, both Hall of Famers, are on that list. Um, as a current, well, not not a current Bronco anymore. Uh, um, let's say goodbye to Jack Kenna. He's a cool dude. He's a big Raiders fan. He does the AFC, the Wild West show. Pretty awesome dude. He does make some funny comments. So he's giving a, giving us a little bit about uh, one of the Jack, other guys. Jack better go continue on his his relaxation tour because there's the Raiders are Jack. Look, uh, Jack, you guys will be good if Jimmy G doesn't play for you and you start Carson Wentz. How about that? That's that's what your season. That's, that's what Jack. I we can't count Elway in this conversation because he wasn't drafted by Denver, buddy. And wasn't you know drafted that. by the Broncos. You know that. He was drafted by the Colts. So, um, thank God for the Colts. They gave the Broncos their two best quarterbacks in history. Right. What would we do without that organization? Horrible. Horrible. Hey, Um, 10 years from now, Anthony Richardson's going to be playing for us. It's going to be marvelous. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Um, Von Miller's on the list. Yeah. uh, Yep. Yep. It was not a draft day trade. They did it days after, Jack. I, I was I was only three years old, and I know that bit of history, my man. That was a that was a, after the fact. The GM of the Colts uh, was told to shut his mouth. The owner of the Broncos, the owner of the Colts, got together and they made the trade. Um, and either way, even if it was a draft day trade, the Colts still drafted. No, not the Broncos. The Raiders. The Raiders had a draft day trade with the Colts in place that never happened. Uh, that's actually a pretty funny story. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Um, okay, who else you got? You got TD, you got Sharp. TD, Sharp, Miller, Fun. and um, Nathan McKinnon is definitely on there. I was thinking about the Avs. I like McKinnon as well. That name will definitely go on there. McCarr probably be on that list. Um, McCarr will eventually be on that list if you're looking at top five. Um, I was trying to remember if Sackick, because it would have been the Nordiques back then, if he was drafted by the Nordiques or if he was acquired by some other form. And I can't, I, I'm not a hockey historian enough to know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joe Sackick. I think he was drafted by the Nordiques, but I don't really. I want to say he was, but again, I'm not a I'm not a hockey historian enough to know for sure. Forsberg was definitely drafted by the Avs. He could be on there. Um, Forsberg was drafted by the Nordiques because he was on there before they moved. No, Forsberg wasn't. I think he was first Avs draft pick. Look that up. Uh, So Sackett was drafted by the Nordiques. Okay, so Sackett would definitely be on the list then. He doesn't count. We don't count. I don't count that. I'm I'm talking like as they're a Colorado team. 
Okay, but I mean, it's the same franchise. I don't count it. Anything they did before they moved to Colorado, I don't count Okay, it. well, then look up Forsberg. Look up Forsberg. Was Forsberg uh, an Avs draft pick or a Nordique draft pick? Philadelphia. We traded for Forsberg? Peter Forsberg. There's been a lot of Forsbergs. No, no, there's 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 just Peter when it comes to the Avs. There's no other Forsberg. <sighs> okay. So Sackett gets on the list. McKinnon gets on the list. I'll put Arenado. He's the only Rocky I'm going to put on the list. Um. God, Howie. Yeah, trading Howie Long would have been a mistake. I do like. I love Howie Long. That's like. Yeah, but wasn't Howie basically towards the end of his career at that point? I mean, back no, half not, of his career. Not in '83. Oh yeah, that's true. Not in '83. Not in 83 coming off the Super Bowl. I was trying to see if there was more like details on that. I mean, let's be honest though. Howie Long in a second for Elway, you take that every single time. I think they got a first. They did get a Pro Bowl player because Chris Hinton is who we drafted with our top five pick. And he turned in to be a Pro Bowler. So they got a Pro Bowler and a first round pick the following year for uh, Elway. They did not get enough. Um, But. But draft picks were not valued like they were back no, in those days. No, definitely not. Definitely not, as proven by Dallas and Minnesota. Um, uh, Patrick Waugh was drafted by the Canadians. Yeah, I knew that. I knew Patrick wasn't going to be on there because um, so, we traded. But again, him, it's got to so. be got to be guys drafted by a Colorado team. That's why I don't count the Nordiques because drafted by Colorado. That's fair. So, That's fair. I'm good with that. So then, then, obviously, Joker's going to be on the list. Mello, uh, David Thompson in the old ABA days. So Alex English. Alex English was drafted by San Antonio. Was he really? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like I said, this was on Twitter, and I I really went into a uh, um, I went into a rap dive. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Just like being like, what? Really? Um, yeah, let's see. Actually, I'm sorry. He was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. Okay. He played for the okay. Bucks and the Pacers and then came to the Nuggets. Gotcha. Okay. So then, yeah, I would say Arenado for the Rockies. I would say. Mello and David Thompson right now. Joker's obviously on there. He's just going to pass everybody. He's already the greatest nugget in history. Um, and then the guys you mentioned with Colorado Avalanche, Sackick, McKinnon, and then the Broncos. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, uh, and, and TD, Shannon Sharp, Von Miller are like the three Bronco guys that are just – I like, like that. Yeah, absolutely. And- and I could name others like Steve Atwater, stuff like that. But I would throw uh, DT on that list just because of what he was able to do with Peyton. He, he was pretty good. Uh, um, Jack, um, yes, absolutely he is. The question is, is, does Russell Wilson understand that? Because if he doesn't, it's going to be another bad year for the Broncos. John Lynch wasn't drafted by the Broncos, Clayton. Come on, buddy. Come on, no, buddy. That, John Lynch is a, a buck. Tampa Bay buck. 
Got to be drafted you know, somebody by you, their team. A sneaky guy you could put on there who, in his prime, like his his three-year best prime, you could talk about him as one of the best running backs in the, in the, in the history of the NFL, Clinton Portis. Oh, man. Clinton, man. Oh, man. That dude behind our O-line was just money. Well, and he went over to Washington and, and ran crazy for a couple years still too. Uh, he, he was good. They didn't have the they didn't have the same offensive system that no. we had that made him look special. Right. And he was good. He still ran for a thousand yards every season, but he never looked special. Well, because the rest of the offense around him was trash. Quarterback and wide receivers were non-existent. So it's like Barry Sanders when he was in Detroit. Like, oh, that's a really special running back. But they're never going to do anything with that team. Like, that's kind of what it was. Um, Champ Bailey is a name that I keep wanting to say just because I think he really ingratiated himself into Bronco lore. Um, Absolutely. Loved by the fans. I know we didn't draft him. Um, but, man, he, he would get an honorable mention for me just because of the fact that I think he's a top three corner in league history. Um. He played but, like a Raider, Jack. He did play like a Raider. Like Jack Atwater, Atwater might be my favorite Bronco in the history of the organization outside of LA. Um, I was I'm a big Atwater guy. Love that dude. Um so yeah, that, that's that's an interesting take, Pinky. I like that. Some good stuff on that. Um transitioning to the NFL, just kind of thinking about you know, we've got a lot of time. Um, there's actually 93 days till the season starts. Uh, so we're getting there. We're chopping away bit by bit. And, uh, yeah, no doubt, er Ernie. I'm, I'm with you. Champ Bailey is uh, – Terrell Davis is my all-time favorite Bronco, but Champ's definitely in my top five. So That was the reason I brought his, brought his name up because I was a big Champ dude. That, uh, that 99-yard – Touchdown return off the interception that ended up not being a touchdown. Um, I called that, Pinky. I was sitting next to Zach and some other friends when it happened. And I looked at everybody. I called the exact route, the exact play, the exact jump by champ. Um, and and the, the party we were at was going nuts as he was running down the sideline. People thought I was Nostradamus for five minutes. It was great. Uh, sorry, I had to mute myself for a minute. I had a had a child. You're good. Um, I'll let Pinky answer this because I'm trying to be a positive so, Denver Broncos fan. I, um, the offensive too negative. So you're, I'll let Pinky talk about it. You're you're not always on the positive side. On paper, this offensive line is better than it was last year. And when you spend a lot of money on it, you should be improved. <laughs> um, I mean, for the most part. So, uh, uh, that's wrong, Jack. I'm sorry, buddy. That's wrong. That's wrong. I mean, Champ Bailey was a Hall of Famer, period. Shut down corner, helped our defense a lot. Like, we, we were. That was a great I mean, trade for the Broncos. I, I'm, I think that was a great trade. So, all right. So, back, back to the O line. Like we said, we move around a lot. Um, 
McGlinchey's much better at right tackle than anything we've had in the last, like, since Orlando Franklin. Got to stay healthy. Um, Got to stay. I mean, he's only had an injury once. So injuries have not been a big issue with him. I'm not saying they are, but he's not a young a young stud anymore. You know what I mean? He's, he's 29. He's still in his prime. But – I'm not saying he's not in his prime. I'm just saying age, this is where you start seeing those nicks and, and things of that nature that can start affecting offensive linemen being able to play all 17 games. This is the age I'm where not, those start being more prevalent. I'm, I'm not that worried about our offensive line, our defensive line. I, I don't know. Zach Allen, DJ Jones, and, um, you know, Purcell, uh, Henninson from last season. I mean, we got some guys. I, I don't know if it's a strength on the D-line. O-line, I'm, I'm much more confident about. Both are super so, thin still. It's not like there's a lot of depth on either side. I'm confused. Jack, I, you might have to help me out here, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't trade Bailey. We cut Bailey, and he got picked up by the Saints when he was at the end of his career. We never traded him. So I, I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. Um, I mean, Ray, you might be right. Our 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 guard depth isn't great. Absolutely, Ben Powers and Miners. Guard, our guards are are thin. That's that's true. Again, uh, why I, I thought that Marvin Mims pick was a disgusting pick in the draft because of what was still available, offensive and defensive line possibilities. We didn't need a wide receiver, but we could have used some depth or more talent on both lines, um, which is why I was so against the Marvin Mims pick when it happened. I'm, uh, it, it, that's a Sean. That was a Sean Payton pick, man. Plain and simple, it's a Sean Payton pick. Hopefully, that guy fits what he wants to do. I'm a I'm an inside the trenches guy myself. You know me. I'm a big fat guy. I know. I love I love the big uglies, but. Uh, you know, that's what he wanted to do. So um, I thought I, what I was, what I've been kind of thinking about is what teams am I really excited for coming up this season? Um, so yeah, uh, Jack, yes, the trade was Bailey for Portis and we got a second rounder as well in the trade. Um we got a Hall of Fame corner, and we got a running back. I mean, we we, we still had 1,000-yard running backs after Portis. They weren't special, but they still got the job done. So I still think we got the better end of that deal. All right, moving on. I'm super excited for the Lions, period. I'm super excited for the Lions. Um, uh, getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson, getting Cameron Sutton, um, uh, getting, I, I, I'm not a big fan that they let Jamal Williams go. I'm not a big fan of that. David, David Montgomery is the same player and he's a little bit younger uh, as far as I'm concerned. I think they're the I, same. I, but I don't think he matches Jamal Williams intensity and leadership. That's where I was just going to go. So that's a great point, Pinky. And I fully agree with that. What Jamal Williams was to the lions by all accounts from hard knocks all the way through the season was the locker room glue. Um, also a really good football player, but he was the locker room glue. 
throw that and you lost that, that. So football-wise, on the field, David Montgomery, I think, is just as good, maybe even a little better than Jamal Williams. But what you lost in the ro- locker room from Jamal Williams could be a huge, huge loss. And and that that if anything, if Detroit doesn't make the playoffs, I believe it will not be because of lack of talent on the field. It will be because their locker room wasn't the same as it was last year. And Jamal Williams will be a big reason for that. That that could be the thing that that causes them some issues. Hopefully not, because I love Dan Campbell and I think they've got a lot of great dudes in that locker room. But not having Jamal Williams in the locker room, I think, is a bigger loss than not having Jamal Williams on the field. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I'm... The only one, the only thing that I'm a little concerned about is their wide receiver depth for a little bit of the season, based on their suspensions from that gambling issue. But if they're able to weather that, I, I just man, Jared Goff. Being a gambling issue. Side note: uh, the NFL is going to have a giant symposium for all rookies uh, going forward to make sure they understand what is and is not allowed with gambling. <laughs> because do not bet on, dude, don't bet on the NFL. Think, just don't, and don't do it at, on team team facilities. No, just don't bet on the NFL. Period. Bet anything else you want to bet. Right, but you can't bet you can't NFL. bet at all on anything if you're in team facilities. That yes. So right. you know we're gonna make two things very clear when you get drafted at the symposium: do not bet on our league, and do not bet in any team facilities. You're good. Um, but. By all accounts, there could be upwards of another possibly 20 players that could be seeing some issues with this second probe coming down. Well, the, um, guy from the I don't Pat- think it'll be that many, but I've heard upwards of 20 could possibly be. That, that guy from the Colts is probably getting a year from the sounds of it. Yeah. But it sound, it also sounds like he bet on he bet on the Colts as well. Yeah, there's some there's gonna be some things coming out. So yeah, they're gonna have to take care of that. But yeah. I think Detroit will be fine. They'll be able to weather that storm. The only reason, the only guy they're really going to miss is Jamison Williams. And it's not like he contributed last year. Now, they did lose DJ Shark because they thought he was going to be ready to go this season. So that could be a bit of a rough patch to start the season. But they did get Tony Hawk, Tony, TJ Hawkinson um, in that trade last year who can, I mean, they got rid of TJ Hawkinson. They traded TJ. He went to Minnesota. Who was I thinking about that they brought in? I don't know. Um, I was just looking at Jared Goff's stats. He had 4,400 yards and 29 touchdowns last year. He had a good Um, year. Off-season moves. Let's see what the Lions did. Um, They brought back Marvin Jones to help out. uh, That's what it was. They brought back Marvin Jones. And they brought back Graham Glasnow, who's a former Bronco um, as well. Guard, right? He's playing guard, guard, guard center. Um, yeah. Now I loved, I loved. I know value wise, when you look at the value of the Lions draft, Jamar Gibbs at twelve, Jack Campbell at eighteen, 
that's pretty early for both of those guys. But they got you know, their guys. People say that, and I just laugh whenever I hear that because I think it's a joke. Um, it's where you have that talent graded, not what everybody else thinks you have it graded. You're going to be right or wrong, and that's okay. But here's the deal. What was it, five years ago now, Pinky? Um, the Broncos should have drafted a guard by the name of Nelson, who is now playing for the Colts. The Colts, all pro, probably going to be a Hall of Famer if his career continues this way as a guard. People said, well, the Broncos can't take him there even though they need a guard because that's too early to take a guard in the draft. You can't do that. It's too early. Um, no. No, it's not. When you have a supreme talent, if you have him graded as a supreme talent, you draft him whenever your pick is up, not where people think the value is. So I personally have no issues with what Detroit did. Those are the guys they wanted. They were stoked that they were available, and they got them. It's also, as far as Jack Campbell goes, a position of need. Jameer Gibbs wasn't a position of need, but they obviously felt that his talent was superior to anything they had on the roster and allowed their offense to be even more dangerous, so they took him. Jack Campbell was going by the second round, period. Yeah, he'd have been gone by the second round. Jack sure. Campbell was not getting out of the second round, bro. He was not He was not going to be a fourth-round linebacker. Um, to go back up to something else Jack said, so – just because we're we're sideswiping everything right now, uh, Jack Broncos. I'll say they end up. I I've already said seven and ten, eight and nine, nine and eight, somewhere in that area. I think they'll be fighting for the Raiders for not being last in the division. I don't think the Broncos compete with San Diego uh, or Kansas City. Now, if San Diego finally shows up for a season like everybody thinks they can with the talent they have, Kansas City's going to. We already know that. Broncos could be in the hunt last week of the season for a wild card spot, that seventh seed, possibly. Um, but I don't – I personally don't have any faith in Russell Wilson anymore. Um, I think the defense is a little overrated. I don't think there's enough talent in that front seven to truly do what we need them to. So I, I, I think the Broncos are behind, unfortunately. Pinky, what do you what do you think? I'm not gonna even go with that, but uh, the next thing that Jack said was uh, talking about um, the Raiders will be third in division and then going for Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is coming out in this next draft. He's going number one. So if you want to get Caleb Williams, you need to suck. So just well, that can't happen because nobody's gonna be able to suck as bad as Arizona without making it look like it's actually on purpose. Yeah, Arizona is gonna suck really bad. And Arizona's probably going to own the second overall pick, too, because Houston's going to be really bad, just not as bad as Arizona. I don't know if Houston's going to be really bad. Yeah, they're, they're going to be, be really bad. bad. They're going to be top 10 bad. But I think they did get quite a good talent of players, and I think D'Amico Ryans will help. So I don't think they're going to be – like, they'll be top 10 bad. They're not going to be top three bad. I think they'll be top three still, Pinky. They're going to have some growing pains from a really young roster and a first-year head coach who I think is a great hire. I actually – he was top of my list for the Broncos. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to turn it around this year. Now, next year, I think they'll they'll be sneaky good. Um, not playoff good yet. Maybe playoff good, but um, they'll be sneaky good next year. This year, I think it's going to be really bad. I'm putting it on the board. 
Caleb says Texans draft top three. Yeah. I got it on the list. Good, good, good. What team are you excited about? Um, so these might surprise people. But I'm excited to watch Arizona tank um, just because they have literally done everything possible to say, hey, we're going to try and lose every game without actually trying to lose every game. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they navigate that throughout the season so that they can get Caleb Williams and how they move on from Kyler Murray because I think those things are happening and they're coming. Uh, the other team I'm actually excited about is not even a team I'm a fan of really, but I am excited to see what the Giants can do. I'm also excited to see what Washington does. Two very different reasons. I'm excited to see what the Giants can do because I love Dable. And um, watching Josh Allen's progression over his first three years um, and what Dayball was able to get out of him once they got um, Stephen Diggs and that offense rolling, I'm excited to see if the Giants can get the same progression out of Daniel Jones um, and what that can look like with, you know, Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley and all those guys. The reason I'm excited for Washington is because I feel like Snyder was such a dark cloud just always hanging over that organization um, and everything that they did all the way down to the players on the field that I think Washington actually has a lot of talent on that team. I don't think Rivera is a great coach. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. But I'm excited to see if that organization can start looking like the old how, Washington how, organization. How a, cool would it be? Really good team. How cool would it be if Sam Howell is really bad and they get the number one pick? You know, that's not even something I thought about because honestly, two years ago, Sam Howell was being talked about as a top 10 pick. And then he stayed in college an extra year. He had a not great season with North Carolina, and his draft stock plummeted. But everything I'm reading coming out of Washington from players to coaches to front office about Sam Howell is they might actually have their guy, and they don't need a quarterback. So, Jack, you know, I got to say, I don't really hate the Raiders anymore because they're in Vegas, and Vegas is my second town. I love that place. I've been to the Vegas Raiders Stadium. It's awesome. So I don't really hate them. Nobody is trading Caleb Williams. Nobody. If you get the number one pick, you are not trading that. Like, that's a pipe dream. Is it possible the Raiders, because Jimmy G plays, doesn't play, sucks, gets hurt, and you guys get the second or third pick? Possibly. You could get Penix or May. Those are both good quarterbacks. Nobody is trading Caleb Williams. Like, nobody. If you Seriously, so bad I agree with that. Nobody's trading that number one pick for him. Nobody. I don't care if you offer them five number ones. They will not trade you Caleb Williams. You guys can have Kyler Murray once Arizona drafts Caleb Williams. How's that right. sound? You want Kyler Murray? Right. Nobody is trading Caleb Williams. Nobody would have traded Andrew Luck. It, it, like, that's not happening. So, I would – if you want to dream – Dream that Jimmy G fails his physical and you just figure it out with um, Brian Hoyer. And then you guys might suck enough to get that number one pick. 
Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback for the Raiders this year, and they're going to be a 500 team. Jack, I'm sorry. I I very much see that happening. <laughs> That's not – I don't know anybody's picking up Wentz, bro. What, Especially you not. think the Raiders have a better option? Mick Douchebag is not going to try to play uh, to play uh, Wentz. Sure he would. He'd think he could fix him. Mick Daniels will will be like, I can win more games with Hoyer than Wentz. And Jack, if it makes you feel any better, I've got the Broncos uh, starting Jarrett Stidham basically by halfway through the season um, because Russ just isn't playing well. So this isn't just like a knock on the Raiders Which, or anything like that. These are things no, I really would, see happening. But, but if that happens, that's a knock on the Raiders for letting him out the door. That's true. That would be they true. Could have, they could have kept him for cheaper than getting Jimmy G. That is true. Jimmy G is just – I just don't even know why that happened. Like, that just makes no sense to me. Because he's from New England, and Belichick wanted to keep him and dump Brady. So, of course, Josh McDaniels is going to want him. And Jack, with Brian Hoyer, you guys might be able to suck that much. Maybe. I still think your offense is, with Jacobs playing and Devontae, probably still good enough to win you a couple games that you won't be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Like, you're going to have to be epically bad to be in that sweepstakes. Um, The Raiders just have, Jack, like, let's be honest. The Raiders just have too much talent on that team to be the number one pick. They might have holes. They might need some help here and there. But, dude, there's too much talent on that Raiders. Like, you look at roster to roster, and you look at Arizona – to to Las Vegas, dude, that, that's not even a comparison. Like, the Raiders look so much better on paper compared to Arizona right the, now. The Cardinals are literally such a runaway number one pick. As soon as it's on DraftKings, I will put money on it. Like, as soon as I can bet on that, I will bet on that. Because Yeah, I mean, like- I mean, yeah, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. Sorry, man. Sorry. And, and if it makes you feel any better – Based on history and what it tells us, Caleb Williams is going to waste away his career in Arizona because they'll they'll keep paying him, um, but they're never going to be good enough for him to do anything don't, with it. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you do it. I'm just saying, mean. man. That's mean. That's mean. It's Yeah, they suck, bro. The Cardinals suck. Their ownership's not good. Look, dude, I put that post up on our Facebook page a couple weeks back about all-time winningest organizations in the NFL. And some of them have been around since, you know, 1900, which is why the Bears and the Packers have so many wins compared to some of these other teams that started in the 60s and were created. Arizona's been around longer than anybody, and they're not even in the top 10 in wins. That's how bad they've been um, their entire history. So, you know, they'll get the number one pick. Caleb Williams will waste away. They might get a playoff appearance or two here and there. You know what Caleb Williams' career in Arizona could be, Pinky? Dan Marino. That's what his career in Arizona could be. That's not a horrible it's not, career. It's not horrible, but it's, it's one Super Bowl appearance out of nowhere, and then you never get back, and you're struggling to make the playoffs every year. Like, that's wasting the number one pick. And let's be honest, Dan Marino wasn't a number one pick, but he sure as shit should have been. And I know what was in that draft class. I'm very aware of that draft class. 
it's hard to say that Dan Marino is not the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. He doesn't go above L.A., bro. Period. I'm not, I'm not going to argue it with you right now. I'm just saying there is an argument to be made that Dan Marino is more talented I, than John I, I'm not saying you can't make the argument. I'm just saying when you look at the like at that time and that place in time, 1983, there was no more physically gifted athlete than John Owe at the time. Really? Because Dan Marino kind of showed that he was. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have that. 20, but Dan Marino threw for 5,000 yards before anybody even thought that was possible. Absolutely, man. And, and he he's did got it with a roster that wasn't very and, good. And he's still got the quickest release of all time. So, again, and, and well, and I wouldn't go that far because his two wide receivers, Mark Clayton and Mark Duper, were pretty damn good. I'm not saying they weren't good. I'm just saying that the, the roster as a whole was not great. I mean, you can feel that way, Jack, but unless you got a better quarterback than Jimmy G, you're not sweeping the Broncos this year, bro. That's that's just not going to happen. Well, I mean, Pinky, let's not get carried away. If Russell Wilson's still the starter, it's definitely a possibility. They, they, they beat us in overtime last year. I mean, like, that's not a, a resounding win. I'm, I'm not, not saying it's going to be resounding that's either. That's not demolished. I'm just saying, like, we can't rule it out. Like, let's not get carried away here. Look, it's, Pinky, it's not happening. We made the mistake of saying the Broncos were going to win the division last year and be fighting for the one seed in the AFC. But we weren't the only idiots that said that. No, we were. There were a lot of but, idiots that said it. But, but I'm going to try to be a lot more realistic about what's going on this year. And the only thing that really changed was the head coach. Now, that's a huge thing. Um, but I'm still personally not sold on Sean Payton. Um, and a lot of Sean it has Payton's- to do with Sean Payton's better than Nathaniel Hackett. That's all you need to know. I'm not saying he's not at all, but I'm just still wondering if the game has passed him by. Because his last couple of years in New Orleans weren't necessarily great. He sat out a full year. Did he use that to re-energize, refocus, pick up some new stuff? Or is he coming back with the same old Sean Payton stuff? As far as leadership goes, he's what they need right now to turn the organization back around. Is he the head coach that, you know, won a Super Bowl in New Orleans um, that helped make Drew Brees what he is and Drew Brees made him what he is? I don't know about that yet. I'm still still waiting to see what happens there. All I know is he's better than Vance Joseph, he's better than Vic Vangio, and he's better than Nathaniel Hackett. That's... Yes, but... If you say anything other than yes, there, like that's not a good look for you, my friend. Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this about Vance Joseph. That dude got one of the most raw deals uh, a hired head coach has ever gotten in the history of the NFL. Um, I'm I'm not gonna say Sean Payton isn't a better head coach than him. He's proven that he is. But to just flat out dismiss Vance Joseph with what he's been able to do after he left Denver as a defensive coordinator, um. Vance does he didn't have a prayer when he came to Denver as the head coach. Like there, there was no way he was ever going to succeed, period. Um Fangio had some opportunities that he blew, but he didn't get a, a great shot either, if we're being honest. Um, what they did to those two head coaches was just sad and pathetic. So, you know, Sean Payton comes into the Walmart money 
and uh, a new ownership that's willing to do whatever it takes to start winning again. I mean, that's a lot different situation. What well, one, one thing you can look at for Sean Payton, he has no excuses. No, absolutely he's paid, not. He's getting paid twenty million a year. Get it done. Like there's no excuses. Get it done. So, um, let's see. Let's see. Um, Giants were on my list. I I like the Giants this year. I do. I think the Ball's a great coach. I really do. So, I have high hopes for them. Um, they play in a tough division, though. They got to overtake the Eagles and the Cowboys. And, yep, um, they do. So, I mean, it is what it is, Jack. It is what it is. Um, Seattle, uh, man, if if Geno Smith does not turn back into a pumpkin, they're going to be tough. Um, they are. I, they are. I will I, say the I, third team. The third team I was going to mention though is the San Francisco 49ers. and that's simply because I truly have this feeling, this overwhelming uh, feeling. Bro, that Sam Darnold. It was all over Twitter today. Brock Purdy's. It was all, all over Twitter today. Brock Purdy is probably going to be the starter. That was trending on Twitter. They can say Multiple it all they want. I, I don't care what they say. They can say it all they want. What they're going to do is. They're going to realize Purdy is not the most talented quarterback in camp. They're going to basically say Purdy isn't quite ready to come back. Darnold's going to get the job. And then if Darnold fails, they can bring Purdy in later, and it's the perfect cover-up. You know what I mean? We had to let Purdy get healthy. He's still our guy. He came in and we'll run with him. All, all I know is the 49ers, it's not going to be as easy to win that division as it was last year. I mean, the Rams are still going to suck. The Cardinals are going to really suck. Seattle, I think, is still going to be pretty good. Seattle's going to be good. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Um, but I, I like Tony, man. Sam, <laughs> I think Darnold is head and shoulders the best quarterback talent-wise on that roster right now. And I think once he gets in Shanahan's offense – and he finally has support around him from player personnel and, and coaching personnel <laughs> that he's never had before. I mean, Jack, this may be the best comment you've had all night, buddy. Seattle did have the best two drafts over the last two years, which makes me wonder why did they suck at drafting for the last four years? Agreed. Like they were a god-awful at drafting for the last four years, and then all of a sudden now they they like – all of a sudden figured it out again. So um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but yes, they hit on their draft last year. They have, they smoked this draft potentially this year. I Seattle's going to be a top team in the NFC. And um, if Kenneth Walker's healthy all year, that's, I mean, and with Zach Charbonnet behind him, man, that's a tough. Well, now you got Jackson Smith and Jigba with Lockett and Metcalf and, they're, they're looking good. You've they're got Will Disley and Noah Fan at tight end. And, you know, Geno Smith, if, if he's protected well like he was last season, man, he's uh, he's going to be looking good. I, I, there. As, as long as Geno doesn't turn back into a pumpkin, they're going to be pretty good. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Pinky, give us your final thoughts, buddy. Um, You know, I'm just going to talk about the Broncos. For just a sec. I it just can't be as bad as last year. I just that's it. 
It just it can't be as bad as last year. And I am uh I know you're not a fan of Mims as well. I like so Mims. let's let's make sure it's on the record and clear. It's not that I'm not a fan of Mims. It's not that I don't think he could be a, a solid contributor, a good wide receiver in the NFL. It's that based on where the pick was made and what was still available on the board and what the Broncos had needs of, wide receiver was not one of them. If you're planning to let go of some of the wide receivers you have, maybe it was. Maybe you're planning for the future. Even then, the wide receivers are easy to pick up in the draft these days. So I really like Drew Sanders. I've just I've watched a lot more of that guy's yeah. tape. I am in love. I've got a bromance with Drew Sanders. And um, I'm super excited for that kid. So I'm not going to go get his jersey yet because I think they're going to change his number once he earns it. And then I'll get his jersey. Fair. Uh, Jack, the best strength of the Broncos is their secondary. Pastor Tan, Justin Simmons, you can argue they're top three in their position. You've got... uh, You've still got Kwan Williams. You've got Damari Mathis, who played pretty well down the stretch. You got Kareem Jackson back, and then you just drafted another safety as well. That, that's they're pretty stacked back there. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll be talking a lot more football as the season progress or as the offseason progresses here, because NBA finals will be wrapping up, NHL will be wrapping up. That's really all we got going on, other than football. So, um, you know, come back next we, week, and we'll, we'll do a lot more we, of this. We might dive into a little bit of baseball, maybe. Not until the playoffs roll around, and even then. Um, I'm ready for Nugs game three. Um, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. And that's all I got. That That's where I'm at right now. So, right, hold on, hold on. Our man Biggie came back. He came back. I appreciate you coming back, Biggie. Coming back. Uh, Russell gets served by Facts, If they win games, he's still a Bronco. If they win games, if he if they lose games and he doesn't have great production, he will be gone. They will they will eat that money in a heartbeat. Sean Payton doesn't like Russ. You, you know how I feel about that, Pinky. He he wants off the Russ train. He's got to convince ownership that it's the best way to go. I think he's already done that. They just want to see it out of one more year so they can kind of save face. That's what I feel. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Come back with us next week. We will We will dive into even more. We love interacting. Um, we got plenty of thoughts, so that's not an issue. On that note, as always, go spend that time with your loved ones, family, friends, your inner circle. Do not take that time for granted. Cherish it. Love every minute of it. Uh, we appreciate all the support. We're here to chat up anytime. Hit us up, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever it is. Find us, comment, like, share. We'll get back to you. Pinky, my guy, always a pleasure. Appreciate everybody. We're out. Love you guys. Be good. Peace.